I mean, I've never dated uh, <laughs> as an adult, mm-hmm. so I have I have absolutely no idea what's going I've on. I've only and, dated uh, children, Cameron DeWitt says. <laughs> okay. I said as an adult. Oh, I see. <laughs> so, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. <laughs> Seems like a perfect time to start the show. Oh, shit. Why is it? Okay. Start over. Welcome to... Th- th- did, you, did you have something you were going to say? I thought you were trying to do an every other word kind of thing. Oh, let's let's do one word story. Okay, welcome to think outside the box muffins. Fuck <laughs> me. Tender <laughs> Lee. <laughs> Can I do a suffix? Tenacious <laughs> Dick. Okay, let's do it. That's our show. (laughs) You do it. That's the whole title of the show. Ah, on the other hand, it's welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about learning to listen to learning about artists and their back catalogs. And tonight, completely alienating to (laughs) anyone who's first. If this is your first episode, I'm sorry. And my name, the sorry one, is Nathan Hunt. My name is Cameron DeWitt. And tonight we're listening to Alanis Morissette. We only have two more albums from her, Cameron. Only two more? Only wow, two more. And short. we don't I've... know who we're doing after Alanis. Yeah, who we're listening to and then murdering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for those of you who... This is your first episode. Um, we first listened to all of Garth Brooks' albums. Brooks's albums. And then all of Insane Clown Posse's albums, and uh, we're almost done listening to all of Alanis Morissette's albums. Are we going to do this every episode? Pretend like there are any. There's anybody who's this is their first episode. I just. I mean, we're we're losing listeners. We're not gaining them. So okay. (laughs) It just. I mean, maybe we're losing and gaining, but but net losing. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) There's some uh, (laughs) some cross. Cross contamination, yeah. Um, we we could just like go straight in and never explain anything. Maybe that's better. Well, I mean, I you know, we can set it up and say we listen to Alanis Morissette, her 2004 album, so called Chows <laughs> from uh, Sonic Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> what did you ever play that game on the Sega Dreamcast? Son- no. Sonic Adventures, no, uh-uh. they had these little uh, these little critters, these little guys, mm-hmm. and they were these blue, uh, very kawaii Meanies. babies. Uh-huh. Um, and you know how in the original Sonic games, when you blew up one of the, you know, robot monsters? I never played little... them, actually. You never played the Sonic games? No, I was more of a Nintendog, uh, at least when I <laughs> when I had a console at all. I wasn't uh, just taken uh, away by my parents. Sega for life. Hashtag Sega for life. Um, oh, Rachel's the same way. So... When Sonic would uh, bounce on one of the robots, inside the robot would be this kind of bubble with a little animal inside. Oh. And I think it had, 
it was like they somehow their life force was being enslaved to run these like robots that Dr. Robotnik like that was part of his plan, I guess. Oh, weird. Uh, I don't really I don't really know. So you were saving all these animals. That's like a subplot that's never really addressed in the original games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never really addressed in Sonic Adventure either. I don't think except you can collect these these little animals and then you uh, basically like feed them to your Ugh. chow. <laughs> so What's it gets really chow? dark pretty fast. Well, that's a little blue kawaii baby. Oh, yikes. You hatch them from an egg. You, they don't really eat them, but they just sort of absorb them, and then they absorb the traits of these animals. So this is um, trying to rip off Pokemans and Kirby at the same time? It, yes, very much so. It's, uh, uh. what's the, otaku? Is that the? Yeah. Is that the word for, like, kind of collecting, the collecting aspect of games? Otaku to me? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So that there's this whole that was the main reason a lot of people played Sonic Adventure. Welcome to Think Outside the the Nintendo. Where we re- <laughs> we talking about all the Sonic games. All the Sonic games. <laughs> you know, I never played those games, but I did watch the animated Saturday morning TV show a little bit. Did you ever watch that? I remember uh, is that, that the one where you use chili dogs. Yeah, I was gonna say like that's the thing. <laughs> that's that, all I remember. That stood out to me the most was the chili dogs. <laughs> yeah. Sonic Adventure 2 is a really, really good game. I'll take Probably your word for it. one of my favorite it. video games. Yeah. You had soap shoes. You could grind on rails. <laughs> oh, is this like a Tony Hawk thing? Kind of, yeah. Hmm. But it was also like a, a super fast platformer. Okay. Yeah. Well, now that we've alienated all of our listeners. So just to explain that joke, <laughs> no, uh, the actual no. album is the actual oh. album is called SoCal Chaos. Oh, and yeah. Nathan mispronounced it because that's his favorite joke now, apparently. <laughs> and, it's always hilarious every single time. <laughs> and then I started talking about Sonic and then we got here. And so. 20 minutes later, it's almost time to go to bed. Honk shoe. <laughs> There's a lot of positive stuff on this album. This is a good album. I liked it a lot. Especially lyrically. I, did, I didn't like it a lot, but I think that it's good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's my that's my new that's my new thing that I'm gonna say. Oh, it's good, but you don't like it. Oh, oh I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get it. Phrasing it in a subjective way rather than objective. Yeah. I think this might be with the possible exception of Jag Little Pill, her most lyrically strong record to date. By far. Definitely the most lyrically consistent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say it surpasses Jagged Little Pill in its um, rhythmic integrity of lyrics. Oh, interesting. You think so? Yeah, okay. I, I really do. Cool. Yeah, I really do think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really do think. <laughs> yeah. Um, musically and production-wise, it's kind of mainstream, rocky, poppy, folky kind of straddling the mainstream middle between those three there's there's a very like sexy yes there is some very butch vig style production on some of these songs uh which one is butch vig again he was the one that made nirvana's nevermind into a huge hit and the 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 reason i say that is because butch vig on that album nevermind has this thing he does a lot where there's definitely lots of just distorted sounds and kind of like noisy stuff going on but it's tightly compressed and palatable because he kind of puts this sheen over it. It's like audio, like mm. glossiness. Um, and I feel like that is all over this album. 
and turned up the gloss knobs. Huh? <laughs> they, they they turned up the they gloss cl- knobs. Cranked on those gloss knobs. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of this album reminded me of CCM. Uh, yeah, there's a fair amount of that. Yeah, especially especially some of the guitar work. I don't know if you if you noticed this, but it was there was so much of that guitar work where it's sort of inspired by U two, the Edge. And it's just kind of mm. like very simple parts played with a shitload of reverb and delay. Yeah. And that's like, that was the sound that was all over CCM around this time. The where the streets have no name guitar part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although with less rhythm on most of these songs. Yeah. yeah. Um, though there is a lot of Indian instrumentation too. Yeah. India's back, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sorry, India's back, Baba. That's what I meant to say, <laughs> Baba. Yeah, Baba, Baba O'Reilly. How um, long will this last? How long will this take? Mm-hmm. And, um, and Ryan Reynolds is all over this album too. Yeah, apparently, a whiff of Ryan everywhere. Yeah, and his and his very crude humors. <laughs> she does say that, doesn't she? Yeah, the his his uh, black bile and his collar. And uh, what are some of the other humors? <laughs> help, me, help me make some of these uh, great Renaissance era humor jokes. Are, are farts humors? I, I don't. I think they're more of an an ill wind. <laughs> Which you sickened the wind. <laughs> uh, poison. <laughs> poison. But poison. Uh. Um. Yeah, so I I think a lot of these songs get are behind either, me, poison. <laughs> it's already there. Okay, um, I do think a lot of the songs are either inspired by or sort of reference Ryan Reynolds, and they got what engaged. Was, what What year is this? Two thousand four. What was Ryan doing in two thousand four? I think he was in a bunch of like shitty romantic comedies or something. Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of what he did for a while before he was all superheroes. Although he was in Blade Trinity, also. I never saw the blades. Yeah, he was that. It was this year, actually, two thousand four. Oh wow! So that's probably where it started, huh? Yeah, he was also on the so many movies I'm on IMDb right now. Oh, he was in the ABC sitcom Two Guys and a Girl, not to be confused with Two and a Half Men or New Girl. Uh, I didn't. (laughs) Okay. Um, confusing that would imply a certain amount of a care. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was Van Wilder. He was? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, now this has turned into the... (laughs) Ryan Reynolds cast? Yeah, I'm just looking at all these titles. Yeah. Um, Oh, boy. I think think one thing that we can use as as a valuable thing to think about for Alanis and on this album specifically, but in her career in general is thinking about how irony and sincerity are kind of the two poles that she orbits around. Yeah. And she had a very snarly, ironic album, Jagged Little Pill. And then she followed it up with an incredibly sincere, heartfelt record, supposed mm. former infatuation junkie. And I think that like part of the, the huge change, the whiplash between those two, contributed to probably people not liking many people not liking supposed former infatuation junkie quite as much. Right. And dare we introduce a irony meter for Alanis? Is that too hacky? Mm. 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think I, I gave an irony meter rating to one of these songs, but I, then I just completely forgot about that shtick and just left it. I mean, is it going to turn into like me giving it an ironic, uh, an irony rating, and then you saying defend it, <laughs> and then it turns into a definition of irony discussion? Oh, I don't want to don't want to do that. That would <laughs> sounds be, like that's what you wanted to be a little too ironic. I think. Um, uh, here's an interesting bit of trivia about Alanis Morissette in 2004. She hosted the Juno Awards, which I think is some Canadian blah, blah, blah thing. It's a Canadian Grammys. What? It's a Canadian Grammys. Why don't they just have the regular Grammys? Um, (laughs) but she hosted Grammy Alaska. (laughs) Hmm. Isn't Juno, is it Juno? Uh, it's not spelled that way though. This is more oh, like um Well oh here's a, here's something. Yeah. For a second there, I was just sort of assuming that Alaska was in Canada. Was part of Canada. And Nathan, that's on me. <laughs> you know that province of Canada? Alaska. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, this is Juno as in Diablo Cody and Michael Sarah and Ellen Page. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Very clever. Uh, so she hosted those awards in 2004 dressed in a bathrobe and she took off the bathrobe to reveal a flesh colored bodysuit. And she, that was a response to the era of censorship in the U S caused by Janet Jackson's breast reveal incident during the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Lannis is trying to free the nipple. Well, I mean, she was trying to free the curves with her, mm. uh, flesh colored bodysuit. All right. When, checking this out. Yeah. When they say flesh colored, do they mean like, pink and bleeding because they don't say skin color they say flesh color and that just makes yeah. me go like <laughs> inside the meat, the, the, the meat. good meat on here um <laughs> it's good oh eating. wow yeah yeah this is a weird look she's got she's got kind of an interesting approach to nudity puritanical cover-ups and kind of like freedom of expression and kind of freeing in one of these songs she wants to like fly around naked or something yeah that's in one of these definitely yeah oh oh my does she have a merkin it kind of <gasps> looks that way oh my she's god she's got little weird things on her she's got pasties and a merkin tatas yikes that is quite the merkin too wow I'll throw some links in the show notes for people to look at, but that's extremely distracting. W. Wow. Okay. Unless you work at the Merkin shop. (laughs) It's your local Merkin shop. Then it is VSFW. Wow. That's a little bit, I don't know. That's kind of distracting. Well, you don't have to leave it up while you're recording the whole show. Wait, I I don't? What do you mean? I, I mean, I had to set it as my the background photo of my desktop. Is that not what I was supposed to do? Yeah, this isn't I've really... i already f- tattooed it on the inside of my eyelids. <laughs> this isn't really flesh-colored either. It's more like a... Um, flesh-colored? That's racist. Well, I wasn't going to be the one to point it out. Remember when crayons used to come, the, the color of them was quote-unquote flesh? Uh, no, simpler, I do not. stupider, creepy. more racist Once again, times. is that just sort of red and bleeding? Yeah. yeah. We're all the same P- color on the inside. <laughs> if you just cut someone's arm off, on the inside, it's like looking at the looking at a tree you chopped down. And you count the rings and see how old they are, too. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, speaking of puritanical Americans, I know we haven't even started talking about the songs, and we're already half hour in. But half hour uh, in, huh? the lead single, I the think song, we're going to breeze through these songs. I don't have much. Really? I don't know how much you have to say about them. Okay, I was kind of bored by this album. Really, yep. I liked it lyrically. I think more than that. Um, the lead single, "Everything," which is the last song on the album, we'll get to. It achieved major success on adult top 40 radio in America and was moderately popular elsewhere. <laughs> um, because the first line of the song includes the word asshole, American radio stations refused to play it yeah. and the single version was changed to include the word nightmare instead. So puritanical Americans, everyone. So instead, why do they think that asshole, why do they think that nightmare is a suitable substitute for asshole? Probably just because it fits the meter the best. So, anal repression yeah i had to what did i do we did are you gonna talk about your asshole now again what what you're gonna talk about your asshole (laughs) or your nightmare this is what we did with my asshole (laughs) with my all my asshole nightmares (laughs) lay it on me um no uh at at work uh i had my choir of of teens and preteens uh sing uh and rap feel good ink by gorillas mm-hmm. and um lining them up like ass cracks yeah what did i say instead i i think i said brass tacks that doesn't make any sense <laughs> it doesn't make any sense um uh but it was just like this is the this is the thing that will sound the most like the original lyric mm. and it actually is a phrase so it's something that you could hear in a rap lyric and um and dismiss because you didn't immediately understand it. I see. All right. Well, do you want to get down to ass cracks then? Okay. <laughs> I do. Nailed it. <laughs> First song is called Eight Easy Pieces or Eight Easy Steps or something. I don't know. For dating my Alanis. <laughs> Yeah, I like the music a lot, but... Uh, it's got a real Bollywood melody. <clears throat> oh, yeah? Don't you think so? I don't. Oh. Well. But I also don't <laughs> consume Bollywood entertainment. Oh, okay. Do you? Is that a thing uh, that you do? Not a lot, but some. I mean, not a lot of like movies, but I've watched some YouTubes. Well, there you go. There I go. Uh, Alanis is offering The Course of a Lifetime. Those are hers wor- her words. How to be completely dysfunctional. <laughs> it's only it's only eight steps. She says it's eight easy steps, but is there any... She doesn't actually say what the steps are. Get on the bus, Gus. So there's this number that's sort of the like conceit of the song, but she never goes through the eight easy steps. Yeah. She just uh, says, she says what they'll get you. Yeah, in groups of four, she'll say like how to stay paralyzed by... Fear of abandonment, how to defer to men in solvable predicaments, how to control someone to be a carbon copy of you, how to have that not work and have them run away from you. Uh, and she does that a few times, just <laughs> in a few verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the at the end, how to lie to yourself and thereby and thereby to everyone else. Mm hmm. Um, how to keep smiling when you're thinking of killing yourself, 
mm-hmm. how to numb Allahalic. Is that really the lyric? I think there are some weird things that the genius transcriptions are doing on yeah. this album. To avoid going within How to Stay Stuck in Blue by blaming them for everything. Yeah, she so, kind of lost me a little bit with those lines. Yep. But uh, this song, I, right off the bat, I was impressed by how she hasn't abandoned her desire to like just cram in syllables and multi-syllabic words and completely full lines. But uh, most of the lines in this make sense. And yeah. they're really strongly rhythmic and they don't stray. From yeah. The- I think she's really making some of those multi-syllabic words work. Yeah. Like uh, the op- some of the opening lines, how to stay paralyzed by fear of abandonment, how to defer to men in solvable predicaments. Like yeah. she, she kind of pulls those off. Yeah. Yeah. This is the song I gave the irony meter rating to. I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's pretty ironic. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this line. I'll show you how leadership looks when taught by the best. Hmm. I don't I don't know why she's saying that. Yeah. So I feel like this song is a little bit confused. Well, she's, I mean, she's like showing like uh she's an example to you and that's how she's going to teach you about these things. I think this is kind of like self-criticism. Like, I can teach you how to do these things to control someone to be a carbon copy of you. <laughs> get it? Um, how to keep people at arm's length and never get too I close. Don't, I don't get it. No, it's because it's... The whole song is she's trying to say that she'll teach someone to be like her in these ways. And one uh, of the ways that she's going to teach someone to be like her is to control someone to be a carbon copy of you. Oh. So it's like another level of, like, meta... It's like sneaky. Yeah. I think. I think that's what she's trying to say. Who is this song addressed to, do you think? Uh, the, the general... I feel like this this song is 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 sort of a Facebook post. Mm. That's what the vibe of this song is. Like, she's mm-hmm. saying, wow, I really don't have it together today. And then she's sort of making this, you know, meme... Like, I hate Mondays kind of meme or something. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Do do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. who this is addressed to is to who it may concern. Um, To whoever is. All right. (laughs) Uh, To the who it may concern. The song's to the who. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I feel like whoever whomever is char- <laughs> is charmed by this uh by by this enough to listen and uh sh- you know have a little bit of solidarity through laughter at my expense mm-hmm. with me yeah. so i think i think that's who this song is too okay yeah yeah all right next song is called out is through <laughs> Weird title. Places feels understandable. Do you hear that uh, edge style guitar, hard panned right? The kind of like uh, no. very sparse, not quite arpeggios with like just a shitload of delay um so i thought the only way out is through was a quote by churchill but it's actually more or less from robert frost 
from oh. a, a poem of his called The Servant of the Servant. Len says one steady poll more ought to do it. He says the best way out is always through. And I agree to that, or insofar as that I can see no way out but through. Hmm. This is from like 1918, a hundred years ago. Um, so Whoa. that's where the, I think that, I don't know if she's specifically referencing that poem or if it's just like a phrase that she has happened upon that she's using. Interesting. Um, she kind of does it a little bit later with a different one. But this song is, I think it's a pretty nuanced song about the difficulties you encounter in a relationship. It's about, it's about that feeling you get sometimes when you're arguing with someone you're very close to or in a, a strong relationship with that like, there's just a part of you that's thinking like, oh, wouldn't it just be better if we just like ended it and just, you know, went our separate ways. And, um, she says, let's see. Um, yeah. W- one of the bridges, we could just walk away and hide our hands in the sand. I, it's probably heads in the sand. I think genius has it wrong here. It must be. We could just call it quits only to start all over again with somebody else. And I think, yeah, I think this song is sort of about like, you know, you can't really trust that feeling because that's going to be with you no matter where you go. Right. Like, uh, was it Yogi Berra who said, no matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I think that, that idea has been a very important idea for me in, uh, keeping in my like <laughs> staying married <laughs> <laughs> keeping commitments yeah yeah um just because yeah it's it's so easy to like um get preoccupied with fantasy and to want to run away from discomfort right um and it's it's hard sometimes to tell when you're experiencing real dysfunctionality or like um uh, iron sharpening iron growth, you know, right. like, um, like, uh, it's like, when, when am I working out and getting stronger, mm-hmm. you know, through discomfort or when am I, or when are we doing, making a bad choice staying together, you know? So right. like, yeah. And like, I don't really know, like I've seen people in relationships where I've assumed that they would be better off apart mm-hmm. and then they, you know, the way out is through and then they figure it out and then they're awesome. Um, or they seem to be able to handle it, uh, or like kind of mellow out. So it's like, you know, and I've seen the opposite, right? <laughs> so, yeah. See the opposite a lot. Uh, so I don't know. It's definitely um, not an easy thing to say one no. way or the other. And there's no hard and fast rules except in cases like straight up abuse or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty interesting song yeah i thought it was pretty good uh it does kind of sound like a worship song uh (laughs) yeah just like musically and the production kind of sounds like a worship song um but i do really appreciate the lyrics and i think i it's a very nuanced here's some Hmm? here's something i don't think that they let i don't think that they let people do christian music with um harshness in their voice Hmm. And Mm -hmm. she's, I mean, she's not harsh, but she's not like CCM delivery. You know what I mean? Uh, Like she, there's no, she's, she's still kind of growling this song, mm -hmm. even the really pretty chorus. Mm, That's a good point. Yeah. I think you have something there. 
So like I didn't get a CCM vibe from this because I feel like where I mostly get CCM vibes is from singing Um, and melodies, a a combination of a way a song is constructed and the singing and the melody. I feel like I hear Um, it a lot in the production. Like if someone just like flips on a radio station, I feel like I can tell almost right away, like just based on the production alone. I mean, these days, mostly what I hear is sort of uh, like rock country and Christian music Mm -hmm. um, or sort of a man against machine era kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Or kind of like a Nickelback sound. I feel yeah. like it's pretty pretty popular. How the hell we wind up like this? <laughs> this is how you, this is how you remind me. <laughs> how the heaven did we wind up like this? Are we having fun yet? <laughs> There's some great specifics in this song. She says, "Every time that I'm confused, I think there must be easier ways. Every time our horns are locked on towel throwing." That's like <laughs> such a quintessential a example of just dumb little things that couples fight over towel throwing what does yeah. that mean like where you put your towel yeah if you like throw it on the floor it? instead of hanging it up or whatever oh i thought that was slob. just another i thought that was another idiom i thought she was just making two oh. idioms fight again <laughs> horns locked and towel throwing those are two current <laughs> phrases in use in canada right yeah or like it's are you saying that like um i do want to throw towels i want to uh set them down <laughs> Like, why would you throw <laughs> towels? I don't know. You know what they say. Yeah. People who live in wet houses shouldn't throw towels. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, uh, we got some weird... They, they should throw towels <laughs> if they're in wet houses. <laughs> but but then their house hurry, is... <laughs> hurry, throw towels. Your house is wet. <laughs> Your house is wet. You're going to get mildew. Oh, yeah. Um... There's some weird Alanis pronunciation. There's a she kind of says tendency like Tennessee. Mm. This is a U.S. state Tennessee, and that uh, that's actually what I thought she was saying when I first heard it before I was reading the lyrics carefully. It's like why is she talking about Tennessee? So at a cliff top a couple years ago, there was this um, old time festival. Old time festival. I play old time music. Uh, there's this French band that came through they sang like uh some some sort of like standard um um it sounds like she'll be coming around the mountain kind of thing but like um Mm -hmm. going all around this world i'm a banjo picking girl something like that uh but the singer uh you know says all of these different places i'm going to chattanooga and going to tennessee Mm -hmm. but this french woman is just saying these american city names and state names in the funniest ways possible (laughs) so she she said tenasi tenasi yeah and she said tenasi d and it would and when she would say uh, Chattanooga, she'd be like, Chattanooga. Chattanooga. <laughs> Chattanooga. <laughs> this is really funny. That, our lives would be much more fun if we just pronounced those those things that way. Well, let's start. No time like the present. Yeah, we're starting the movement now. Chattanooga and Tennessee. <laughs> All right. Well, next song is called Excuses. Mm. 
tell me about these sex excuses. <laughs> these sex excuses. Um, Atlantis makes excuses that get in the way of her personal growth, uh, but make her feel safe. Uh, her excuses aren't particularly specific. Um, I'm, I am too dumb. I'm too smart. They won't understand me. I'm lonely. They'll hate me. Um, there's, there's some like, I'm too far from home. It takes too much energy. Mm -hmm. Those excuses, I kind of appreciate it a little more. Um, I cannot afford to, I can relate to that one. The idea (laughs) of like, I can't afford that, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I could, if I want it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, uh, I can't afford to go to the chiropractors. Well, I guess I'll just like, or I can't, I can't afford to go to the dentist. I haven't been to the dentist in 15 years. I probably could have afforded to go at least once <laughs> in the last 15 years. <laughs> you really haven't been in 15 years? Prob- well, maybe it's, it's been a minute. Maybe 10. <laughs> maybe 10, 10 years. It's been a minute slash 15 years. <laughs> tomato, tomato. I think, it's, I think it's been 10 years. Wow. I don't think I've been since I was 18. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> um, adulting, right? <sighs> I can't um, even. Yeah. Uh, chorus number one. These excuses, how they've served me so well. They've kept me safe. They've kept me stoic. They've kept me locked in my own cell. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, does she actually say stoic? Because it really sounds like stuck. It does. There I, were a couple times, though, when it sounded like she... I mean, who's to say what Alanis says it? <laughs> At any at any time when she's singing, <laughs> yeah. But I think she I think she is saying stoic. Okay, but stuck would make more sense. Yeah, yeah. They've kept me stoic. <laughs> doesn't really track very much. Yeah, this song is kind of really similar to these. Uh, what's that one song? Precious Illusions from. Yeah, I don't know if it was the last album or the one before, but she even says how they served me so well. Yeah, I think it's Precious little... Illusions is a better song about a similar idea yeah yeah although this has this has some uh religious guilt god wants me to work no resting not no lazy no lazy no lazy you're the lazy the lord hath said no lazy no lazy <laughs> hashtag no lazy it's just god doing a uh-uh finger Nuh-uh-uh. no lazy no lazy <laughs> yeah hey <laughs> hey you lazy butt <laughs> I don't really have much more to say about this song, do you? Uh, I like the chorus. It's a very like symphonic rock, kind of mm. like a, a Radiohead chorus with a lot of borrowed chords, and it's very dramatic, and I like it pretty well. Mm-hmm. And she talks about sex, sex excuses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she really does sound like she's saying the sex excuses. Yeah. They've served me well. Hmm. Nice. Okay, next song is Duff I Protest. Enraged. I can't, I don't know, on a few levels, I can't wait for you to synopsize this song. <laughs> really? Wow. This song is another literary illusion. I really hit the jackpot with these. Um, 
And this one. It's a literary trick. It's, okay. It's a reference to Shakespeare's play Hamlet. And it's from the play within the play. And Queen Gertrude is the one who says it about the person in the play within the play that's portraying the character that's kind of loosely based on her. Or thinly veiled is probably a better way of saying that. And it hits a little too close to home for her, for Gertrude. And again, I'm not sure if this is a specific allusion to that or if Alanis is just using this fairly common phrase. Um, so this song is a great counterpoint to the song You Owe Me Nothing in Return. Uh, because that song, I, we, I remember us talking about it. You said it was kind of a little too overstated to be believable. Where yeah. she was like, I'll give you countless amounts of unconditional affection or whatever she said. It was just like, eh, really? But here, Alana says some similarly beneficent things. She says, I'm not jealous. I don't get moved by much. I'm not enraged. There you go. Enraged. Not insecure as such. Not going insane. Rational stays in touch. But then her self-doubt ca- kicks in. And she says, and doth I protest too much? And I think it's kind of a neat device, um, which... Probably only works if you know what that phrase kind of connotes um, because she's kind of casting doubt on all these ways that she's portraying herself as very rational and like very understanding towards this person that she's in a relationship with. Is is she saying that like her protest is is making all of these claims that she's not threatened? Yes. And that she doesn't cringe? Yes. And so... I mean, she's just trying to fill out the lyrics of a song. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, the thing about... <laughs> thing about It's not too much. It's about three minutes long. I think it's reasonable. <laughs> okay. All right. The, the thing about the... I don't... Again, this is... I'm not sure if she's specifically alluding to Hamlet, but in Shakespeare's time, the word protest in this context didn't mean, like, uh, disagreeing in the same way it does. It, it meant something more like proclaim. So, do I proclaim too much? Like uh, when she's saying these things. And I think it's kind of taking that, that idea from you owe me nothing in return and kind of bringing a more realistic eye to uh, be like, yeah. Yeah. I'm saying all these things about how good I am and how healthy I am in this relationship, but do I really mean them? You know? <laughs> and and uh, there's a twist. Shyamalan, this person that she's talking to, that she's in a relationship with, moves on. And Alana says, I'm not saddened and I don't miss you because I have moved on too. I'm not concerned about your new lover because I have a new lover too. And then it gets Take really, that. <laughs> it gets really real. She says, I'm not depressed. I don't get down that much. I'm not despondent. I am not dark as such. I am never sad. Keep chin up, stays in touch. And doth I protest too much. And I kind of like the device of like the, um, the final line casting doubt on the rest of the song. Yeah. yeah. I think the songwriting in this one's really good. Right on. Yeah. And, uh, she's got That's a everything bit- I hope for. <laughs> For uh, for the song, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't cringe when you stare at women. It's just a thing called guy. That's kind of a weird way to phrase that. Yeah, that that feels a little bit they more... They call the thing guy. <laughs> wow, wow. Stare at women, stare at women, stare at women, stare at women. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that seems a little bit more sinister after this person leaves her. It almost feels like... I don't know. There's a, maybe an implication that this person could have cheated on her, perhaps. Yeah. He's just staring at ladies as they go by. Yeah, maybe you should have been a little more enraged <laughs> on on behalf of yourself. Yeah, could have been. Maybe you didn't protest enough to the person instead of about 
it after the fact. I don't know. Mm. Um, she does have a little bit of that Shakespearean flavor to the language at one point. She says, I'm not tortured by how oft you're busy. This feels like a very Elizabethan way to phrase it. How oft? Yeah. There's a little bit of, a little bit of spear shaking in here. <laughs> She's not above that. Uh, Speaking so of phallic. antiquated language, should we uh, 23 skidoo to knees of my bees? <laughs> Absolutely. Good segue. Okay. So Cameron, if I were to tell you that you make the bees of my knees squeak, what would you say to that? <laughs> uh, I would say that you make the you make the pajamas of my cat's flannel. <laughs> That's what I would say. Uh, faded Those are flannel, the original the original flannel lyrics. clown cat pajamas. Yes. Uh, you make the, so this is a this is another idiom fight um yep she's i i feel like she has like little uh uh little action figures but they're idioms and she like she's like <laughs> pew 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 <laughs> sounds about right yeah yeah uh which is um the bee's knees which means the utmost yeah the, the ultra the uber um but she's also combining it with going weak, weak in, the, in knees. the knees yeah yeah which means uh hor- horny <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes i guess yeah so this is pretty uh, sexy for an insect metaphor um i hope this doesn't awaken anything in me just go on pornhub uh, and search for bee suits <laughs> knees I was just talking to John about how that's a that's our our favorite uh, joke format. <laughs> oh, we're, yeah, we're, we're definitely joking about that. Not actually, not actually going to, to Pornhub in those moments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, what a what a funny joke. Def, yeah, joke. Uh, there's there's a Joni Mitchell lyric. Um, can I read this to you about yeah. being weak in the knees? He tried hard to help me, you know. He put me at ease, and he loved me so naughty, made me weak in the knees. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's such a f- f- fucking funny h- and hilarious lyric, and I also appreciate it. <laughs> so naughty. He, lo- he loved me so naughty, made me weak in the knees. It's in her Christmas song. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Sexy, um, sexy Christmas. So... In this song, to synopsize it, um, Alanis is a beekeeper. (laughs) (laughs) She likes this boy, but uh, he's having a negative effect on her apiary's output. Um, The pollen sacks are are falling off of the the bee's knees. Yeah. Because they can't handle the weight. It's got to be about Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, I was reading that a lot of these songs are about... She says, we share a culture, same vernacular, love of physical humor, and time spent alone. Did you know Ryan Reynolds is also Canadian? Yes. Yeah, they share a culture, same vernacular. And Deadpool's Canadian, right? Isn't Deadpool Canadian? Mm, I don't know. Maybe not. Or maybe that's just... I'm not a nerd, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> beatboxing. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, chick. Um, so, yeah, this would make sense. You know, he's he's sort of a whimsical, kind of sarcastic, um, funny guy. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. What does that symbolize? Uh you are a vision who lives by the signals of stomach and intuition as your guide. <laughs> yeah. That just gives me like a mental model of just like Ryan Reynolds with his eyes like fused shut, like like uh, going around like no face in Spirited Away and just like cramming things in his mouth, <laughs> living by his stomach. He's rubbing, rubbing his tummy. He's <laughs> got his shirt pulled up. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh, Porco Rosso is coming to oh, yeah, the, uh, saw that. the Ghibli Fest next weekend. Ghibli. Uh, have you seen that one? Is it Ghibli? It is Ghibli. You don't eat, how do you you say, don't, you don't eat spaghetti, how do, you say, do you? How do you say? <laughs> give, give me some say, spaghetti and some Girardelli chocolate. Okay, I'm looking this up. <laughs> it's Italian. The Italian, the G-H sound in Italian is Ghi, Ghibli. In fact, it's the H that it makes it. It would seem, however, that Miyazaki either mistook or deliberately corrupted the pronunciation of... Uh, which is meant to have a G sound, as in gift, rather than a J sound, as in giraffe, as it's as it is in the studio's name. So wait, the Japanese are the ones who are mispronouncing it? And <laughs> uh, scene. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes and uh <laughs> is my favorite oh you've seen it that's great yeah. not a lot of people have seen that one i saw it a while back it's it's, it's pretty so fun isn't it i think it's more than fun it is definitely super fun but like i really really appreciate it and i think that it's portrayal of feminism in um the uh like er- early 20th century um mediterranean <laughs> is really interesting mm. um especially all the scenes in milan um and all cookies. Uh, yeah <laughs> and there's well there's a there's a scene at the end uh which i feel like is is the one of the most blatant um uh, sort of emasculations that, um, <laughs> and making fun of manhood that, uh, Miyazaki does in any of his movies, mm. um, that I really, really appreciate. So mm. I don't want to spoil it cause you gotta go see it. Cause I didn't expect it when I saw it, but mm. yeah. I don't, I want to rewatch that. I don't remember it very well. Let's see. Oh, there's a sitar solo in this song. Yeah, and, it sounds like it's... Is it an actual sitar player? Yeah, it I is. I can't tell. This is... Um, I looked up the... Uh, I should have the album credits in front of me, but this is an American disciple of Ravi Shankar. So he's not oh, just some good. like rando guitarist that's fucking around with a sitar that he doesn't know how to play. This is like legit sitar virtuosity. And there's some tables. <laughs> yes. 
Tables and chairs. <laughs> Tablas and chablas. Okay. Next song is saw is called So Called Chows. I <laughs> This is that the Nikki soundtra- song. The soundtrack to Sonic Adventure is also a total slap. It's so good. <laughs> it's the slap. Way. Yeah. <laughs> I too listen to Wonderful, the podcast. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I got caught up. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good example of a phrase I've never heard before. A total slap. But I guess that means it's a real bop or a jam or what's the other one? I don't know. It's a, the, yeah. Uh, so this song is called So Called Chaos, and it's the Nike song that we referenced yeah. <laughs> earlier. So Alanis contrasts the conformity of daily life, the mundanity, uh, specifically office culture, with the id desires that she has, or perhaps we all have. She says, I want to be naked, running through the streets. I want to invite the so-called chaos that you think I dare not be. I want to be weightless, flying through the air. I want to drop all these limitations at the shoes upon my feet. If that's id, does that mean that, like, the verses are the, like, ego or super ego? Gotta be super ego. Okay. Yeah, she says deadlines and meetings and contracts all breached. D-days and structure? Responsibility? Why D-days? I don't know. That seems like a very strange illusion to make. That seems more like an id thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, she has these lines. Uh, I'm going to take a D day. <laughs> I'm going to go invade Normandy for a minute. Uh, I've used up all, my, I've used up all my D days. <laughs> I've invaded Normandy too many times this year already. <laughs> um, she's, she says, stoplights won't work. I'll get home safe and sound regardless, which sounds a little unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. L won't be lost if I'm governed by my own uniqueness. Hmm. And won't be mayhem if I'm led by my own rulelessness. My fire Ooh. won't quell and I'll be harm-free and distressless. Trust me. Do you trust me? Then jump. <laughs> Inside box, obeying. Inside line, coloring. Mm-hmm. It's talking about what it's like yep. to try to... The corporate world. Yeah. Instead, you should be coloring down. outside those lines, I guess. Because that's how you get a really and outside good your clothes, picture. get naked. Yeah, yeah. So this song is like, in a lot of ways, sort of primitivism, and I think there's a certain amount of truth to that whole position of like, oh, we need to go back to before this modern era that dehumanizes us. But on the other hand, like you know, Neanderthals and cave people and paleo diet cavemen were always dying at like six months old from cholera and their life expectancy was like, I don't know, 25 or 30 or whatever. Yeah. And I think there's some room in, I think there's some in between. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to be had, you don't necessarily have to be naked running through the streets to, uh, not, you know, to, to like have an alternative to a dehumanizing deadlines and meetings office culture. So I, uh, when I went to Vancouver, when I went to Vancouver to do the, old time festival um i went to 
an Activision office, as in the video game company. Oh, uh, yeah. They're the people who do uh, Call of Duty, because uh, one of the organizers, um, uh, shout out to Josh, I don't think he listens to this, uh, but he works for Activision, and they the main office area was like this like huge open space with like, I think it had like a full bar and a kitchen and like a high and like a high end coffee setup, And it had video, video games. Oh man. And, like, Every time I drink coffee, I get a real call of duty. If you know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Uh, coffee makes you poop. Yeah. But we just like went there at like midnight and, uh, made, turkey sandwiches um and like rode around on all these like little little toy bikes in the office (laughs) it was awesome oh my god (laughs) anyway so i if alanis worked for activision i don't think she'd be so there's probably like a naked room (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna start writing some fanfic about that Mm. yeah Video game developers. Video game developers naked rooms. Airing out their stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next song called Not All Me. It's not all- This is definitely, definitely had some CCM vibes, but I really liked it. I thought mm. it was really pretty, and I didn't mind. Did you get CCM'd on this Let's one? Let's see. Did I for this one particularly? Uh, I didn't write it down in my notes. A little bit. Right. I don't think it's quite as much as a couple of the next songs. I mean, I like a, a pretty delicate song, um, especially one that has some like comp- more complicated lyrics, which mm-hmm. I definitely feel this one does. Um, hashtag not all me. Uh, mm-hmm. Alanis, her, her current love interest has some baggage, uh, and she's, she's down to help unpack it, but she needs you to know that not all the stuff you're blaming her for is her fault. Some of it is your fault <laughs> or some of it is someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a song about, Ooh, what's the therapy word for this? Trans, tra- transubstantiation. That's it. <laughs> Transference? Transference. Yeah, isn't that what that is? Uh, when so, someone someone hmm. hurts you and then you take it out on someone else. Oh, maybe. A uh, little bit, but uh. also just like, uh, you know, being in a relationship and you get grumpy at someone and uh, maybe it's not about the actual thing that they did. Right. About something else. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting nuanced song this is just a song to to remind this person hey this is getting a little much mm-hmm. you know I'll, I'll help you with this but it's not me you have to do a little bit more work to divide up uh <laughs> your your blame accurately mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's kind of interesting to like write a song that's that isn't saying like it's not my fault it's like you know maybe some of it is but it's not completely my fault yeah yeah i kind of like that i don't hear a lot of songs that say things like that this is a uh, sort of it reminds me a lot of that other song um from a previous album of this artist 
I don't remember what it is. What? She says something about the forces that I represent. Um, you remember? Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh shit, what song is that? Oh, it's the one about like, thank you for persevering in spite of me being yeah like, shitty or whatever. That's it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. Um, no, no, it that song is that song's about. Hey, you were able to uh, get th- get over your baggage um, for all of the the stuff that I triggered in you, but it isn't actually my fault. But you were able to sort it all out. That's what that song was about. And this song is taking a little bit more ownership of mm-hmm. uh, the fault, but yeah. that's not the purpose of the song. So. Look, the song was surrendering from under rug swept. Ah, there it is. I embrace you for your faith in the. F- face of adversarial forces that i represent it's a tongue twister yeah i think this is a better song um lyrically and musically Mm -hmm. there are some confusing lines here the first the opening line i rather face all on top of my face is that accurate transcription do you think it sounds i can't i listen to it without looking at it first Mm -hmm. just to make sure or I followed up and listened without looking at it because I was like, what is she saying? It sounds like I would rather face on top of my face. What does that, what does that symbolize? (laughs) I don't know. Um, all those faces that she represents adversarial faces. She represents. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. I also am a little confused as to what's going on in in the third verse. Lest I find my voice, find the strength to stand up to you. Lest I stay to my limit. And take on only what is mine too. We are a team. I'm here to help mend and rescind. All I trigger unknowingly, a job I hold in high esteem. Yeah, Do you I know don't what's know. going on there? No. Okay. Why is she saying lest? So Yeah, I don't know. She's concerned that she would find her voice. Maybe she has a good up. friend named Lester. Yeah. And she just wants to get you know, have him involved. <laughs> He's bored. He wants something to do. I don't think I have anything else to say about the song. Do you want to go on the next one? Yeah. This Grudge. I love that movie. So scary. Be big and let go of this grudge that's grown old all this time. I've not known how to rest this bygone. I want to be soft and result. Clean slate and released. Featuring Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's who it was, right? I have no idea. Or is it Sarah Michelle Geller? Mm. It's one of those triple name people like John Wilkes Booth or uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> you know, one of them triple name people. Oh, Sirhan, Sirhan, Sirhan. Oh, it's Sarah Michelle Geller. And Ted Raimi. What? Ted who? Ted Raimi. It's in The Grudge. Wait, is that like Sam Raimi's brother or something? It must be, right? Horror it's, movie. I don't know. It's is Raimi. It, is it spelled the same Raimi? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this is a good song. I like this. Um, Alanis said about this song, one reporter asked her if it was based on the same person as you ought to know. And Alanis said, different person, same era, Hmm. which is good for her for having a pithy response uh, that isn't two paragraphs long. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This song (laughs) is about. And good for us. And it is good for us. Uh, this song is about holding a grudge against a person. And it's not really 
clear what this person did, but it did inspire her music. She says, you've been vilified, used as fodder. You deserve a piece of every record. But Alanis is questioning whether she should be holding this grudge anymore. And she's kind of wondering what it's accomplishing to hold this grudge. She says, but who's it hurting now? Who's the one that's stuck? And who's it torturing now with an antique knot in her stomach? And she says in the chorus, I want to forgive for the both of us. And I heard it the first time without reading the lyrics as I want to forgive the both of us. Uh, But what she actually writes is better. Forgive for the both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a good, strong song that's like kind of mature and nuanced. Yeah. What's the, what's the one about, uh, what's that old phrase about when you go out to take revenge, you better dig two graves or something like that. Right. It's kind of like a similar, similar thought to this song. Yeah. I, I feel like this song is definitely, I don't think she's trying to be self-righteous. She's just being like, all right, I think I'm, I think I'm good. I think I got what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's starting to, my, my grievance is starting to get toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. She's got an extended metaphor in the second verse. She says like an abandoned house, dusty covered furniture is still intact. If I visit it now, do I simply relive it somehow gratuitous? Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's about as <laughs> extended as, as she gets her metaphors get yeah usually she <laughs> instead of extending <laughs> one metaphor over several lines she has several metaphors in one line yeah um i wonder if she says something interesting she says but who's still aching now who's tired of her own voice who's is it weighing down with no gift from time of said healing and i kind of wonder if is is she implying that she was kind of hurt by this situation and was maybe like abused or exploited and is kind of having some almost like PTSD from that? Or is this just the fact of her holding this grudge is causing Mm. her to ache? I'm trying to find the lyric. Mm. I think it's near the end. Yeah. It's, she says still aching. Yeah. So I think she's acknowledging that, holding on to the grudge isn't if she has PTSD holding on to the grudge isn't healing her. Right. So, yeah. 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 I don't know that. Yeah. It's definitely apparent that she's been through some shit and I don't know. I don't like want to judge her choices or her journey or whatever, but sometimes I feel like she, I don't know. She had that one song where it was almost like she was forgiving this person that had, statutory raped her or something you remember that song yeah i kind of feel like i don't know i was assuming this song was the same yeah person i don't know if like forgiving the person is necessarily a good thing to do but also you can give up the grudge without necessarily forgiving the person i guess (sighs) yeah that's an interesting the idea of forgiveness um such a religious value that i grew up with and uh, it's becoming a lot less popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are really skeptical about the usefulness of forgiveness and uh, whether it actually like, will encourage people to change. or mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so... I think, I think part of that is, just, is so many times it feels very unearned. Like, it's not 
really asked for in a sense of authentic contriteness. And, uh, it's just kind of like you're expected to forgive the person, even if they are not changing or not even recognizing sometimes the wrong that they've done. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel like sometimes there's a religious knee jerk forgiveness that doesn't feel very authentic. Right. And also that can, um, perpetuate a lot of oppression. Oh, totally. It can be very enabling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Not that I've been like that burned by too many people, but there was that time when (laughs) I burned yourself. You burned yourself. I still, you? <laughs> I still haven't forgiven myself for uh, uh, forcing open a pressure cooker <laughs> in our first apartment. Yeah. yeah. Although it did lead to some good times where you got high and we watched the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus and ate Numinos. Yeah. That was pretty fun. That <laughs> was. Yeah. Okay. Next song is called Spineless. I'll be I said, I'll lick your ass. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I timed it up. I I timed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Uh, just wants to be the, to be the sub to your Dom. She's just sort of uh, performing to keep you around. Uh, She will separate herself from her friends, male friends, especially, um, she'll be interested in all the same things as you, hobbies, books, um, and, uh, just, uh, be the perfect, perfect girlfriend. Sh- she'll redefine self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For- I, I know you'd leave if I rock the, if I rock the boat. So. Don't rock too hard, Alanis. Rock and roll boat. Um, what is that song about? Which song? What? Rock the Boat. It's about you, how you're going to have a concert on a boat. I don't know. Oh, I don't know which song you're talking there's, about. Apparently there's an Aaliyah song called Rock the Boat. I'm talking about Rock the Boat, Don't Rock the Boat, Baby. Rock the Boat, Don't hmm. Tip the Boat Over. You know that song, right? Yeah. And it seems like a little bit of a mixed message. Rock the Boat, In but don't, don't Rock the Boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this song, the Alana song, uh, at first I was kind of reading it as a another example of a song with kind of overstated overt irony that is not particularly effective. Um, like the waiter in that one song a few albums ago, who's like, we right. love how you come to our restaurant, mm-hmm. sir. And you spend so much money, sir. And you're very successful, sir. And it's like, those are not things people would say. Right. Um, but then she has these lines about in this song, sort of about this song. I feel this truly proclaimed will help the curbing of this tendency I know this sharing of shame will ensure that I won't forget myself so easily. So yeah. it becomes almost this confessional of like, yeah, uh, I, I can kind of get into codependency when I get in my relationships and so I, I'll be spineless. She's saying this as a disclaimer. Um, yeah. Before hopefully a long, happy and balanced relationship. Yeah. You know, I think she's so. saying like, Hey, this is a thing that I now know about myself. Mm-hmm. So let's keep that 
on che- let's let's check on that check in about mm-hmm. how, how if i'm licking your boots if you, <laughs> or, your, you come, or your butt if you come home and i and i suddenly uh th- uh throw some you know put some some sort of leather thing behind me <laughs> you're like what is that nothing <laughs> your tongue looks all inflamed <laughs> is that shoe polish on your tongue no <laughs> nah <laughs> Yeah, it's not. <laughs> That's that. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, prettiest so, appendage to ever lose herself. Yeah, I'll show you a pretty appendage. Hmm. Um. Yeah that 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 interpretation really really hangs on just those lines that I read. Otherwise, yep. it feels very much like kind of a overstated. Yeah. Unnatural way to write a song to be like i'll be subservient and spineless i'll lick your boots as empty shells i'll be opinionless and silent yeah aren't i the perfect woman yep is this what you want (laughs) exactly yeah so i'm glad she has those lyrics that yeah make this song better all right should we bring it home with everything yes yeah There's that there's that CCF. Yep. <laughs> you hear that edge guitar? Yeah. How's that? Has like basically two notes. Oh, this is the this is the single. This is the single. Hmm. Yeah. This is the worship song single. Not very good. Yeah. And in fact, the lyrics are even kind of a worship song. You see everything. You see every part. You see all my light, and you love my dark. You dig everything of which I'm ashamed, and there's not anything to which you can't relate, and you're still here. Jesus. Oh, wait, she doesn't say Jesus. Never mind. Yeah. I do want to know more about how she can be an asshole of the grandest kind. The grandest kind. (laughs) The real Grand Canyon of an asshole. (laughs) You really get lost in there. In its its grandeur. (laughs) You gotta take a take a donkey with you. <laughs> An ass, you might say. <laughs> Full circle, as it were. Um, you know what? I think maybe our knowledge and our experience of okay, what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said I, I was gonna say I think our knowledge and experience of CCM kind of impedes our enjoyment of Alanis sometimes. And I I don't know if that's a, an actual accurate like knock against her or if it's just like, we've been so just copies stuff and we listen to old music. Yeah. 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 So they're always behind, you know? So like the CCM that we were listening to at, I guess at some point, I feel like it was around this time, like 2004, you know? Oh, yeah, so maybe it wasn't. I mean, maybe it was just hot on the heels of Atlantis. I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. I think maybe they're drawing, uh, quote-unquote, drawing from some of the same musical inspirations, like U2. Um, yeah, anyway, anyway. This this line is really funny. Uh, I don't think the line break in the in the singing works this way, but the line break on the, on the genius is, I can be the moodiest baby, and you've never met anyone. <laughs> Who is as negative as I am sometimes? <laughs> that is a hilarious line break. Oh, by the way, you've never met anyone. 
Also, I'm the moodiest baby. <laughs> it's what? all in your head. <laughs> it's a real Truman show. <laughs> what what if what if everyone is just a figment of your imagination, man? And you never Whoa. like actually met someone and also you're a moody baby. <laughs> a moody cowboy baby, man. Yeah. Yeah, so during the verses, she lists the various ways in which she is contradictory. She is large. She contains multitudes. Uh, She says, I can be an asshole of the grandest kind, or I can be a nightmare of the grandest kind, depending on whether you're a puritanical American. I can withhold like it's going out of style. I can be the moodiest baby, and you've never met anyone. Who is as negative as me sometimes? (laughs) I am the wisest woman you've ever met. I'm the kindest soul with whom you've connected. I have the bravest heart that you've ever seen, and you've never met anyone who is as positive as I am sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those are the two verses that are right next to each other with no separation between them. Yeah. Um, so the song is about Ryan Reynolds, a.k.a. Jesus, who sees all of these contradictory things, the good and the bad. You take them both, and then you have Alanis. Yeah. Bad and good. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very both. Very mm-hmm. good and very bad. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around, Ryan. She's got a real grand asshole. <laughs> it's all... at the In the end, it's all for that <laughs> the grandeur. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's basically all I have about this song. And I don't at know. the end, you've never met anyone who's as everything as I am sometimes. <laughs> uh, Seems like a such a weird um, solipsistic. Like. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent of everything. I I do everything yeah. always. She, yeah, she's still in character after Dogma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She played God in Dogma. Dog, dog, Godma. Mm. Oh, was she <laughs> featured on the Clerks Two soundtrack? Yeah, I watched that movie. Is it bad? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It is. Uh, I also had a really weird experience watching it where... Um, oh, this song is on that movie soundtrack. Oh, weird. I, w- I watched Clerks 2 with... Um, it was me and my high school girlfriend and uh, another couple. At least, Maybe it was two other couples. We were all staying at this um, uh, timeshare in Seaside. I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I forget whose timeshare it was, but, um, uh, one, one of the men was a very conservative Christian and he was like all of a sudden super uncomfortable that like, uh, everyone else was planning on staying at this timeshare, um, because we were, you know, high schoolers Mm -hmm. (laughs) and not married, Mm -hmm. uh, shouldn't be having sex. And, uh, he, what did he, so he was super uncomfortable by, about that. And then we watched Clerks 2, which uh, has a um, a donkey show in it. <laughs> a donkey show? What does that mean? That's when a, a prostitute is uh, has sex with a donkey. <gasps> is that real? <laughs> it's real in, in the in the view askew universe or oh, whatever. Jesus, but I think it's real. Yeah, man, that ah uh, that so that's it. Hmm. It's played for comedy in. Uh, you know, too. there's a there's so. a there's a show that happens like every week. I think here in Cambridge, I think it's called <laughs> the Donkey Show or something. Um, but it's it's an adapt. It's like a burlesque adaptation of uh, a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, interesting. And which is kind of 
its own kind of donkey donkey show (laughs) where bottom and uh titania (laughs) get it on a little bit okay well now that i'm all creeped out and grossed out sorry it's not you man have a good week everybody (laughs) have a good week (laughs) we want to leave you with that image yeah donkeys and grand canyons and assholes in summary all right well you can visit us online at boxset.website you can email us at email at boxset.website or you can tweet us tobias podcast if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on itunes that would be really great whether you just want to click some stars or even write some words that would be awesome and if you want to support us even more directly you can go to our patreon at support.boxset.website and give us all that money and we swear we're going to give you all some of it. bonus episodes. Yeah, all of your money. <laughs> Don't hold anything back. We'll know. Um, and we promise we'll get some bonus episodes Yeah, we're going to do some bonus episodes. Uh, by the way, I can't, I, can't do it. Already. I, can't, I can't do it this <laughs> this weekend. My mother-in-law's in town and we're hanging out. And it's Mother's Day. And Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I can't do it. So. Okay. But soon. Soon. Yeah. Bonuses. We're going to try to do either two in may or maybe two in june depending on how our schedules work we'll we'll figure it out yeah we're gonna try and make up for not having one in april yeah um yeah the other thing you can do is listen to cameron's other podcast it's called get up in the cool and it's all about old time music it's an imperative you must get up in the cool you must yes all right it's about old time music and it is old time music it's old you have to listen to it on a wax cylinder it's it's probably the it's probably the fastest growing uh archive of traditional music right now. So hmm. if that's if that's anything. Hmm. I did that on accident, but Whoops. there's there's forty hours of forty hours of music, um and not counting the dialogue. There's almost a hundred episodes, so hmm. forty hours of, of new traditional music recordings. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. That's super interesting to people who listen to my other show. I don't know if people... <laughs> there's, there's banjos and fiddles. Honk and you. occasionally all harmonicas all the time. <laughs> 100% or 60% of the time, it's 100% of harmonicas yeah. all the time. There actually is one concertina episode that is Ooh. amazing. Love okay. that concertina. For those of you who don't know what a concertina is, it's like... It's someone named Tina who gives a that concert. Got, they got stuck in an accordion. <laughs> nice. All right. That's basically, well, it. next week we're going to be tackling Flavors of Entanglement from released on my birthday in 2008. Okay. How do you know? And that's Alanis. That's her next album. And then we only have one more after that. And Man. oh, oh, by the way, uh, from from uh, Juggaland. In other news, ICP, their record, Fearless Fred Fury, has a release date now, July 20th, oh. 2018. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we. I don't know. I, I don't know. If, are we going to have to listen to that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll check it out. I, Alanis, I think Alanis is coming out with one this year, too. That, she, yeah, she's supposed to. Yeah. yeah so, well, good timing yeah. on our part. Until next week with Flavors of Entanglement, I've been Nathan Hunt, and you make the bees of my knees squeak. And I'm Cameron DeWitt, and I'll help with the curbing of this tenacity. Mm. I'm Nathan Hunt, and I've cranked up the gloss knobs. <laughs> I'm Cameron DeWitt, and you've never met anyone. <laughs> Bye.
I wanted to address something that was addressed to me. It was an email Ooh. by our pal I did read John that. from Beyond the Box Set. And he was writing, he, he wrote us a very gracious email in defense of supposed former Infatuation Junkie because it was one of his favorite albums. And he showed some remarkable restraint, I would say, because <laughs> he he was very, very kind towards us. It would have been very easy for him to just like, uh, sort of give a spirited defense and be right. defensive about it. Um, but instead he talked about some of the things he values about the album and it got me thinking and actually dovetails with what I've kind of been thinking for a while Ooh. that I, I personally want to be more positive on this show. I feel like it's, it's easy and kind of cheap and lazy to just, you know, it's it's the easiest thing that comes to you if you like look at the lyrics or listen to a song. You'd be like, "Ha, this part's dumb," or that that's like the first thing that comes t- to me, at least, to say like, "Oh, these are the things that are dumb or bad or don't work about this song." And I feel like it's more valuable and harder and takes more effort to talk about the positive things and things that do work. And yeah, it sounds hard. <laughs> it is hard. And I, I feel like, I don't know, I, I got pretty comfortable being kind of oppositional towards the artists we were listening to because yeah. like Garth, who cares? And ICP kind of deserved it. But Alanis is like, uh, I definitely am a lot more on Alanis's side, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely me too. Yeah. And uh, he does. Well, she does. She does some wax. Some wax shit, though. <laughs> she does do some kind of kind of weird shit, and and John does like does uh, uh, acknowledge some of that. He says that like it's insanely self indulgent, overly long and messy album, and that's part of why he loves it actually, right? Because it, it's kind of ballsy to take this thirty three million selling record and follow it up with something that's very introspective and very personal. And yeah, yeah there's like no filter. And I think I think partially one of the reasons I dislike the album so much is um, it, it reminds me a lot of stuff that I've talked about or read about when studying poetry. There are some poetic yeah. techniques that I find to be very hard to pull off. Things like an approach to imagery that's very like uh, disconnected or like a stream of consciousness style of writing. And I know that anytime I've tried to experiment with that when I was getting my MFA, I was kind of brutally stomped down and (laughs) I might have internalized some of that criticism. And yeah, all all that to say, like, it's not necessarily that those are the wrong techniques to use. It's that I often don't find that they work for me uh, very well. But I also want to make sure that I phrase it as this isn't working for me rather than this is just bad writing. Cause I feel like I was getting into that uh, overstating my case a little bit. Just be like, oh, yeah. this song's shitty bleh. Instead of being like, I don't resonate with this song. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do. I do know what you mean. Uh, Hmm. Well, <laughs> uh, I did, I did appreciate in this, in this out, uh, in this email, that John mm-hmm. sent us um, the idea that he appreciated Alanis's vulnerability. Yeah. And we, we did definitely just shit all over Alanis's most vulnerable album. Um, yeah. And I, I do, I do think that is, that is the strange thing about the music industry 
um, and maybe about like consuming art in general, but it's mm-hmm. like, uh, what is it for? Why? Um, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, this album for a fair amount of people, uh, did something it did them some sort of service right um so i guess it's for that but um yeah i don't really know what to do with like standards and (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm i'm personally really glad that i subjected myself to a lot of criticism because i feel like it's uh in my like songwriting um and in my music writing um because i feel like it's allowed me to understand it's allowed me to participate Mm -hmm. um, and it's allowed me to understand music that I was interested in uh, before, but now on a deeper level. So like, I don't necessarily know what to do with all that. I guess I'll, (laughs) I'll I'll keep these ideas in mind and try not to be like too paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. I I did. Yeah. In my response to him, I, I said that like one of the difficulties of this show is trying to thread the needle between respecting an artist's work and still giving ourselves freedom to kind of goof off and make jokes. Right. But I also don't want to be the kind of person that is just making a bunch of cheap jokes at the expense of the person that we're listening to. Like I find that very dismissive right. and like kind of shitty and negative. Right. I'd be a little bit more concerned about hurting the feelings of people who really like Alanis. I feel like Alanis I don't know. Maybe she's really sensitive about it, but I feel like, I mean, I, it doesn't seem like any of these songs are about her being insecure about her art. Right. Yeah. I don't think we've seen you that know? from her, but it, yeah, I think you're onto something like there are, I think Alanis definite. Well, I was going to say more than Garth and ICP, but they definitely have their diehard fans. But I feel like the way that these fans resonate with Alanis and like identify with some of her music is something that I trust a lot and I don't want to tear that down. Mm. So wow. all that to make a bunch of hilarious points about how yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a shitty negative Nancy uh, or negative Nathan about this. And uh, yeah. Definitely wanna, we're gonna be good now. We're gonna be we're gonna be good good boys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I think I think one of the ways we can think about our show is <laughs> if we're gonna. <laughs> are you laughing at me? Because I'm. I, I'm. No, I just coughed. Oh, okay. I thought it was because I was uh, insisting on extending the meta conversation okay. that is probably so interesting for our listeners. Um, I think one of the ways we can think about our our show is taking some artists that are either neglected or are kind of the punchline of jokes. And I think Alanis kind of is the punchline of jokes for a lot of people and kind of treating them as art, like legitimate artists that are worthy of criticism. And that means that we call out ICP for their shit when they're really misogynist. Right. Um, But we also definitely don't want to neglect or pass by the positive things about this music. Yeah. 